This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Well, good morning, and welcome to those of you who are joining us online or at our campuses in Appleton and Stevens Point. Would you all stand with me this morning as we recite the Apostles' Creed? This is our statement of faith and what we believe in as a church here at Celebration. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the Fellowship of Believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we are coming into one of Pastor Mark's busiest seasons with his Laugh Your Way ministry, as you can imagine, with Valentine's Day around the corner. There are just so many churches and communities that would love for him to come in and share his message about marriage. So he is not with us this Sunday. However, he has brought in a very dear friend of his to share with us this morning. But I'm going to let Pastor Mark do that introduction for you. So I'm going to hand it over via video to Pastor Mark. Good morning, celebration, and greetings from... St. Cloud, Minnesota. We've gone from, from the warmth of Mexico to the cold <laughs> of Minnesota. We were here in St. Cloud the other day for a pastor's conference, and then we went to Fargo, North Dakota, another warm and cheery spot where <laughs> we did another conference, and now we're back here in St. Cloud doing another one. We have a conference today. 1,600 plus people are coming this afternoon. We're pretty excited about it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, here we are at the end of January. Next Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. So you will want to uh, plan to come to service. Uh, then we, every year on Super Bowl Sunday, we do a special thing that uh, the NFL actually presents. Christian athletes sharing their faith. So we're gonna be showing that next Sunday. And uh, anyway, this Sunday, I have a special guest sitting in for me, Nazareth Raskala. My dear friend, Nazareth, is going to be sitting in for me. You're going to love him. He's an amazing person. We're great friends. We've been friends for years. We first became friends. We were at a conference together, uh, and they were trying to teach us stuff, and we're sitting in the back row misbehaving like a couple of 16-year-old boys. I can't was, imagine. I can't that. imagine, yeah. But that's what we were doing, and it was quite horrible because we were just misbehaving. And we became great friends as a result of this horrible behavior, uh, and we've been great friends ever since. Anyway, he's coming today to share uh, the scriptures with us. Uh, let's, so let's give a very warm welcome 
to my dear friend, Nazareth. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I will be sharing the scripture with you. I will. Uh, just happy to be here. This is my seventh time here in Green Bay. It's always been in the winter. So one time it was Green Bay. The rest, you guys are misleading people. Everything is white right now. Last night I flew in from California to Wausau, whatever, Biovowl, whatever, Wausau, 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 But anyway, and it drove an hour and a half, two hours to get here. Have you ever been on a skating, ice skating rink for the first time? You know how you're like, you know, you're falling and that's exactly how I was driving. And then I made it here, but uh, it's good to be with you guys. I'm not as flamboyant as Mark, but, uh, you know, I can't wear what he wears. Uh, but if you don't know me, I am from the Middle East, but ever since September 11th, I feel so Mexican. And normally I have trouble with TSA airport security, but uh, this week, if you're not Chinese, you're okay. Even though I live in Corona, California, I'm serious. That's the name of my city, Corona, California. So I'm like, where are you from? I'm like, somewhere in California. I don't care. Don't. But it's, it's good to be here. You know, it's still difficult to be Middle Eastern. Don't get me wrong. It's still difficult. I watch the news every night. Whenever there's a shooting or bombing, I'm like, please, Lord Jesus, don't let it be a Middle Eastern. Please, we don't need any more. Please. Hurricane. Let it be Hurricane Bob, Hurricane Matthew. Not Hurricane Abdul, <laughs> Hurricane Ahmed. Because <laughs> whenever these terrorists do something, we Middle Eastern people cannot do it anymore. Like, I cannot fly a plane anymore. I cannot rent a truck anymore. I cannot buy knives at Bed Bath & Beyond anymore. <laughs> I had to wait two weeks for a federal background check for knives. What do you need it for? Salad? Why can't these terrorists do something I don't want to do, like blow up a colonoscopy clinic? <laughs> but my name is Nazareth. I was born in the city of Nazareth in Israel. And it's a family tradition to name you after the city you're born in. I feel sorry for my brother Waikiki, <laughs> my other brother Albuquerque, and my sister Buffalo. Ah. Location, location, location. Like when you guys name your kids, you look at the baby name book, we look at Google Maps. <laughs> but, I, uh, but I was born in Israel, I grew up in Kuwait, I came here 35 years ago. We still live in the greatest nation on earth, people. Yes. It is the greatest nation. I love it. This is how much I love this country. When I lived in Kuwait, I was the George Clooney of Kuwait. I was tall, I was handsome. Then I come here, everybody's tall and handsome. You guys ruined it for me. I feel short and ugly sometimes. And my friends go, Nazareth, you can't say ugly. We're all created in the image of God. I go, yeah, but sin entered the world. And it hit some people harder than others. And I do live in California the last 32, 33 years I've been in California. <laughs> Our normal state, <laughs> crazy state where like, oh, it's... it's you know, <laughs> I love California because it's a melting pot. Like my African-American friends, they call me dog. Hey, dog, how are you, dog? My Latino friends call me essay. Hey, essay, my Caucasian friends call me buddy. 
Hello, buddy. How are you, buddy? My Middle Eastern friends call me infidel. <laughs> and my Indian friends call me every day to tell me I owe the IRS money. <laughs> but uh, uh, California is crazy because California, you have to put a disclaimer on everything. Even drug dealers have to have disclaimers on their bags. Like, uh, by buying this, you're supporting cartels and farmers in Colombia. <laughs> yeah, this may cause dizziness, uh, homelessness, and 20 to life. <laughs> but if you're in California, you have to put a disclaimer on your statements now. Like, you know, they say, I take you, Susan, to be my beloved wife for sickness and health till death do us part. Offer not valid in Wyoming, Montana, and Connecticut. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. I want to spend the rest of my life with you while supplies last. <laughs> you look beautiful in this dress. Some restrictions apply. But with California, like we have, we have like conservative areas and we have liberal areas. And I read a study. This is a true study. You, you love this. In San Francisco, they asked people, they said, if a man and a dog are crossing the street and a truck is coming at them, who would you save first? 30% said they would save the dog first. 30%. That's why when I'm walking my dog in San Francisco, I put a hat on him and said, make America great again. <laughs> They're going to let the dog go. I'm not political. I just want to save my life, okay? Because this whole thing going about animals, they're going crazy. Like animals are more important than stuff. And I really get back at them and say, it bothered me a lot because there's prejudice against animals in California. Like a lamb is cute, right? But a sheep is not. That's age discrimination. <laughs> a cow is cute and a bull is not. That's sex discrimination. A white, yellow, brown cat is okay. But a black cat is bad luck. Color discrimination. A, a crow is smarter than your lovebird and a pig is smarter than your dog. That's what I call, it's, you know, looks are everything. <laughs> Cats are cute, but a hairless cat is not. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> they do, they like animals, you have, dog, remember when dogs were just dogs, you play with them and they're having fun? Now they're all service dogs. At the airport, you can't even talk to the Like, hi, Pooch. Oh, he's working. Don't talk to him. He's working. And the dog is looking at me. Man, I've been working for six hours. No break, no lunch. <laughs> Do something. When did PETA, or, or when did Petco and ZipRecruiter just joined forces? And now there's a new study that's in California that said fish have feelings. Fi oh, they do. You got to be careful. If you're a fisherman, you have to use a mood hook. And if you're like fishing and the fish is pulling, she doesn't want to come into the boat, you have, then she's not consenting and you have to stop. <laughs> and next time you go to a restaurant, they go, the catch of the day is a troubled tilapia, <laughs> the sad cod, and the angry snapper. <laughs> I don't know. And if you're swimming in California, you know we have white sharks, you know, this big sharks. Uh, if the shark is coming at you, don't act scared and start you know, because that will hurt the shark's feeling. It make it think it's a predator, and that's not good. Let them eat you. You're only human. <laughs> but I'm married 23 years. I love my wife. I love her more today than when I met her. It's uh, it's awesome. She's on this diet. 
I don't know, some of you are familiar with it. It's, she starts eating like 10 in the morning uh, till 6 in the afternoon. That's her diet, and I had to join her, because if you want to eat, you got to join your wife's diet. But I, st- I start on uh, Eastern time, and I end on Pacific time. Because I'll tell you what, at 11 at night, you're a man, you're starving, and you, you know, I open the fridge, there's only salad. You can't eat a salad when you're starving. It doesn't work. I'm looking, it's just salad. And the other day, I opened the fridge, and there was all salad, and there was a cheesecake. I was mad. Who brought the cheesecake? It was my daughter. She didn't know the rules. Like, ah, oh, who brought cheesecake? And I shut the door. I go, I can't eat cheesecake. I'll feel guilty tomorrow. I'm going to weigh myself. I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to hate my life. No, I'm not going to do it. And then I said, well, I'm going to find out what kind of cheesecake it is. <laughs> so I opened the fridge again, and I looked. I kid you not. You will not believe this. The cheesecake actually winked at me. <laughs> you know you want me. <laughs> Like, no, I shut the door. I said, no, I can't do that. That's why I want to encourage you to read the Bible and memorize Bible verses. Because when you are tempted, that's when the right verse hits you and stops you. And that's when I opened the fridge and I look at it and the verse came to me. Do not worry about tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm... I, I love marriage because I, I think, you know, there's a lot of divorces going on because the way people are getting married is just, it, it has to change. Like some people go, you know, some guy sitting with no job, just eating all day watching TV, and he sees a woman who's perfectly tan and he wants to marry her. You cannot do that. You have to get real estate agents involved. You got to go to a broker and they have to pre-qualify you. They go, no, no, I don't think you can marry her. Look for someone who's two or three. Maybe you guys will be more compatible. So you go look, you find one, you bring it to them. They go, okay, well, nobody made an offer on her, so maybe we can do that. Let's start, ask her out. And then they send an appraiser. And the appraiser goes, yeah, you're a one, she's a three, that will work. (laughs) Then you send an inspector, yes, that's a... You know, he doesn't have dentures. It's her real hair. Everything is good. And you do it. But wedding night, that's where the important thing happened. You have to put, say, disclaimers. You have to do your disclaimers. Uh, yes, I just want you to know, uh, I, uh, I'm a little fixer-upper, but I have a great potential. Well, I have a great foundation, but not much up in the attic. I heat up fast, but it takes me a long time to cool off. (laughs) Well, everything you see in this is original parts. (laughs) When I was 12, I was a bedwetter, but now all the plumbing works. (laughs) Well, my backyard is bigger than the rest of the neighborhood, but I'm willing to downsize. (laughs) Then you say, I do, and get Verizon Wireless to write the marriage contract, because you can never get out of it. I really have a message for you today. And it's about the God of newness. You know, I want to put this in your head. That God is into new things. He can bring new things into your life. New relationship. He is restoring relationship. He does all that. I have a story for you. Uh, A couple of years ago, I was in uh, Calgary, Canada. With my friend, Pastor uh, Anthony Greco. And his wife is from Sweden. He's Italian. He said, Nazareth, I was in Sweden. 
and I was listening to the radio. And the DJ came out and said, what's your biggest regret in life? Call me. And he said, this guy calls, and he said, you know, my biggest regret is when I was 12 years old, I used to have a pet hamster named Hans. He said, I love that hamster. Yeah, but you know, my friends were saying, hey, what if we put a parachute on Hans and drop him from the highest building in Copenhagen and see what happens? And he said, we did, we made a harness. And I took uh, Hans to the six-story building, in Co the, the top of the building, and my friends were waiting down, and I dropped Hans, and he started coming down in the parachute. But then the wind picked up, and he started going back up, up. So we ran down, and we ran after Hans to the edge of the island, and Hans was gone in the clouds. He goes, that's my biggest regret in life. Pastor Anthony told me, and it's a true story, we checked it. Five minutes later, this lady calls screaming. You will not believe this. I used to live on the island right next to this last caller. I was five years old and I begged my mom for a hamster. And my mom said, over my dead body, you'll have an animal in the house. If Jesus wants to give you a hamster, maybe Jesus can give you a hamster. She goes, the next morning I was at the park with my mom. And Jesus drops a hamster in a parachute. <laughs> and it landed right in my hands. Tell this next caller that I took care of that Hans and I fed him real well. That's the faith of a child. Believing but by prayer, they get prayers can get answered. And for the next 20 minutes, would you have that faith like a child to know that God can bring new things into your life, can change your situation. This is not a name it and claim it. I don't believe in that. But I want you to know that God is able. A lot of you get up at 2 or 3 in the morning or can't go to sleep because you're thinking of how bad things are going to get, how wor the wor things going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm going to tell you, God can bring something new, a new solution that you never believed, never expected. That cancer either might be healed or God will give you new peace to deal with it. Your relationship that we've been praying about to be restored. He can do that. All God can do different things. Some of you know my story. I was a comedian in Hollywood. I came to Christ. I was single. I said, Lord, you know more girls than I do, so I'm going to wait for you to give me a wife. And for three years, I prayed for a wife. I didn't date. I didn't touch a woman. I didn't do anything. I just waited for a wife. Three years later, my father is dying in California. He said, would you go to Israel for me to the Gaza Strip? And I did. I flew into the Gaza Strip. I was complaining. I was miserable. I didn't want to leave. And when I got there, the first night, I'm sitting with my cousin, his fiance, and her sister. I started sharing Jesus Christ with them. My cousin got angry. He goes, don't listen to him. He's a born-again Christian. Her sister said, me too. So I said, would you like to marry me? <laughs> and she goes, I've been praying for a believer for three years to get to this side of the world. Let me pray and fast for three days. I'll get back to you in three days. Three days later, she came back. She goes, I'm starving. Let's do it. <laughs> 23 years. And now I'm the one starving. <laughs> I have a friend named Sheila. She's an Iranian Muslim. She accepted Jesus Christ and her family rejected her, which is normal for Jewish and Muslim families. They rejected her. 
And she goes, the, the, the only thing I was sorry for is my brother. I love my brother. We were best friends. And for four years, he would not talk to her. And she was praying and praying and praying. And she said, one day I said, Lord, I give it to you. I'm done. She said, the next day I was at South Coast Plaza Mall in Costa Mesa, California. It was crowded for Christmas. She goes, I was walking to Starbucks and I ran into a man. He turns as my brother. He goes, oh, Sheila, let's have coffee. And for four hours we talked and the relationship was restored. God is into that business. God into the business of restoring, making things you, doing that. He, he does that. He, I wrote the book on it, Hope in 24 Hours. Many stories, my life and other lives, of people, how God can restore, can bring good things. Would you stop having this negative that God just want to ruin things and make it harder, make it difficult? No. He wants to bless according to his will. Uh, again, I'm not a name it and claim it. So, so when, I, when I think of that, I... You know, like think of how God created this universe. You know, we could have had a morning for 50 years, the night for 50 years. And, and we could have had, thing, but God is into renewing. Every day we have a new day. Every morning the sun comes out. Every morning we have a new, even our bodies, the way we're created, our bodies keeps renewing itself. Did you know that your liver is only five months old? Your heart is 20 years old. Your lungs are two to three weeks old. Your eyes are the same age as you, except the cornea cells. They keep uh, changing. Your taste buds are 10 days old. Your brain is the same age as you. Your bones are 10 years old. Your entire skeleton changes every 10 years. You have new bones. Your skin is two to four weeks old. Your intestines are two to three days old. Your nails are six to ten months old. Your red blood cells are four months old. And your hair, if you have any, three to six years old. <laughs> this is a God of renewal. This is a God that brings newness. He bring, in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. That should be the most encouraging thing for you. Because when you think of whatever challenge, whatever future you have, whatever, you have your thoughts. And God said, my thoughts are completely different. That's encouraging. That's very encouraging. Because God in the past, he brought new teachings. In Mark 1.27 said, they were all amazed so that they debated among themselves saying, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus was saying, uh, you've heard this, but this is a, you've known, you said don't do this, but this is what I tell you. Bringing new teaching. And, uh, you know, there was a guy named Lazarus. He was a friend of Jesus. He died. He was in the tomb for four days. So Jesus comes in deliberately late so he can show his glory. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. That's never happened. That was a new thing. And everybody got excited. Hey, this is our new king. This is the one who's going to help us get rid of the Romans. We're going to rule with him. We're going to be great. Then what? He gets arrested. He gets crucified. And he, you know, obediently, you know, went to the cross and died. And everybody was shocked. Like, what's going to happen? Three days later, he rose from the dead. That's new. Resurrection. That's amazing. But they were still afraid. They were all hiding in the upper room. And that day, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And they get strengthened and they go out and start sharing Jesus 
with everybody. And that's why Celebration Church is here today. Because those, those disciples went out and shared. They got this new strength, this new calling, and they started sharing Jesus with people. That's the day of Pentecost. God also brought new joy. In Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. What does that have to do with joy? Let me tell you a story. A couple of years ago, I was at a maximum security prison in Southern California called the Centinella State Prison. And the yard that I was going to speak at, it was called Life Without the Possibility of Parole. Look, when I, most of these guys were 16, 17 when they were arrested. And they're spending the rest of their life, the rest of their life. If they lived another 80, 90, the rest of their life without seeing the light of day except for two hours in the yard every day. No hope, no future, no nothing. How do I encourage someone like that? How can I bring joy to someone like that? And I was driving. I'm like, Lord, how do I, how do I, how do I encourage them? And God said, they're doing time. But I'm outside the domain of time. They're doing time, and I'm outside the domain of time. So if they look to me, they will have joy because I'm outside of the time. So I went in there, and I shared the message. I didn't think they'll understand it. They were like, wow, this is encouraging. They are praising God. Like, thank you for sharing this message with us. We're encouraged. I'm like, what? He goes, nobody ever came and encouraged us. This is encouraging to know because this life is only, what, 70, 80 years? But then you have eternity, and we're going to have joy with the Lord then. So that's why we seek the Lord. And they said, Nazareth, this is what we do. Every, every week on Sunday when we come to church, you know, our family send us money, so we buy soap and toothpaste and other stuff. And we bring the tithe of it, the 10%, we bring it to the church in the, inside the prison. And he, said, and he said, what we do then, the church, if there's people that don't have parents that never give them any money, they, they, you know, we give them those candy bars and soap and stuff. And she said, he said, we have joy because we feel we bless someone. And they said, when one of those inmates come to Jesus, we have joy. Can you imagine that? Joy inside Allah, you know, a, a prison yard where you can never leave. Yes, you can have joy. God can bring new joy to your situation regardless. You go, how can I have joy if I'm doing this? Well, the next week, I was in Dallas, Texas on Se at 2nd Street uh, in Dallas, which is the, the roughest street I've ever been on. Lots of homeless, drug dealers and all that. And I was speaking at a homeless shelter. for There were about 150 homeless people. And they weren't happy. It was cold outside. They weren't happy. And I'm like... Lord, what am I telling him? And God said, tell him where you were last week. I go, hey guys, guess where I was last week? They go, where? I go, out of prison. It says life without the possibility of parole. Those people that were there will never be out. How many of you are happy to be on the street right now? And they all raise their hand. <laughs> Praise God. We're not doing that bad. God can bring new joy. He can, you know, think of your situation and compare it to these people in that, inside that prison. And if they can have joy, you can have joy because God can give you new joy. He can also give you new strength. Isaiah 40, 31 says, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. God can give you new strength. 
not just for you to enjoy your life, but to be able to go out and share your faith with people. Uh, seven years ago, I started a ministry called Laughter for All. Because people were paying a lot of money to, go, to come to a comedy club or to come to a church and pay money to come see me. And I said, you know what? I want to be able to reach to people who don't have the money. And the reason I wanted to do that, I want to be able to make them laugh for two hours. But then I want to share what's on my heart, the joy to know Jesus. So nobody can say, hey, I paid money and you were talking about God. Nope. Yeah, I'll give you your money back. It's free. So I shared Jesus, and then God opened the door. I was, you know, we were doing stadiums, sports arenas, and people would come down to the field and accept Christ and, go, and just leave rejoicing, and they get connected with churches. Great ministry. And then two years ago, God put it in my heart. God, you know, he said, Nazareth, stop complaining about California. Stop complaining, because I'm going to do a work in California. And it has to start with my children, if they can get off their butts and actually have a revival, a personal revival, and then go out and share their faith. That's how you can change the state. By believers, not pastors, not just evangelists, but all believers go out and share their faith. Just talk about what I've done in their life. So I, I asked my board to come into a house, and I said, bring your spouses. And we, I said, I might be crazy, but God told me that he's going to change California. And he's going to use our ministry, Laughter for All, as one of the tools to do that. And instead of laughing, they started crying. We put a plan. We go to seven cities in California every year. And we try to provoke a thousand Christians to go out and share their faith with seven people. In 2018, 50,000 people heard the gospel because of that. Last year, same thing, 50,000. This year, we're planning the same thing for the next Next seven years, we want to do that. Why? Because God can give believers new strength to go out and share their faith. That's what God can bring, a new, a new hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God wants to give you a future and a hope. He doesn't want to make you miserable. He doesn't want to ruin your life. He wants to give you a future and a hope. So when you think of your future, get excited because you know God has a future for you and it's good. Uh, in the future, a new heaven and new earth. Revelation 21 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. Also, there was no more sea. So God in the future is going to bring, this earth is going to be gone. There's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. That's God. God in the new things. He does the new things. Uh, I'll, I'll share this story with you. I was in, uh, I was in Northern California speaking, doing uh, morning services at a church. And as a comedian, one of the things comedians love is when, when you're telling jokes, you don't want distraction. You don't want someone to distract you because you want to get the joke across. And I was doing comedy, and there was a screaming in the back. Just every time I tell a joke, like, ah, it was so annoying. I was so mad. I'm like, can someone just, just shut up? Just shut him up. Just do something. Can someone of the ushers of security just stop that person? I'm miserable. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to do my stuff. And it was just annoying. And I finished the service. And I was in the back. And this lady comes in with her blind daughter. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry about that. This is my daughter, Annie. She's blind. She's fighting batting disease. She said her sister Katie died last year from batting disease. So she doesn't have a lot. And she never laughed. But today, somehow, every joke she understood and she was laughing. 
And sorry about the noise. That's how she laughs. And she goes, oh, she, she drew a picture for you. It's your picture. And she gave me this chicken scratch that I, I cherish. I keep it in my office. But I had a, a paradigm shift in my thinking. I went from like, I'm so mad because I'm not able to do what I want. It's ruining me. I don't know why, things, why this service is going like that. To how can, how can I help? I give her my DVDs, my books. I still have a relationship with with Annie and her family because I love those people. I had a shift in thinking from what about me to what can I do. And that's what I will leave you with today. Listen to this. If you don't get anything I said today, get this. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. See, we're created for God's pleasure, not the other way around. A lot of times, if you think of it the other way around, that God's goal is to give you pleasure, then you're really going to be miserable and, and upset because it doesn't work that way. God is in the business. You know, he will bless you. Uh, let me give you a revelation for 11. Say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things for the, thy pleasure. The, uh, they are and were created for God's pleasure. We were created for God's pleasure. But God is not a debtor to man. If God sees you doing things for his pleasure, he's going to bless you. It's like a child. If you're a parent and your child is doing things to make you happy, to please you, to do the right thing for you, guess what you're going to do? You're going to bless them back. You're going to treat them nicer. You're going to do things for them nicer. Why? Because Extra things. Why? Because they, they're just doing everything you want. They, they're trying to please you. How do you please God? Here, here you can bring him pleasure. In the book of Hebrews we read, For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Paul wrote, Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If I put the will of my flesh above the will of God... He is not pleased. Because we bring pleasure when we're obedient to God. And the biggest thing of obedience is what Jesus showed us. God himself becomes a man, lives a perfect life on this earth, obediently doing the will of the Father. And he goes to the cross obediently that he can pay for the punishment for sin that we deserve. We deserve that punishment because we broke the commandments of a holy God. But Jesus took it upon himself on the cross obediently. And he gave up the ghost. And three days later he rose from the dead. That you can have life. This is, this is Jesus. This is the obedience. This is how you please the Father. By being obedient. Not just, oh, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. And whatever I can take from it just to help my life, I will take that. And then the rest of the life you just want to, just come on, please me. Uh, make me happy. No, that's not. That's not what it is. You are created for God's pleasure. You don't like it? Say to God, you know what? I don't like this. Take me out. No. You're created for his pleasure. But I guarantee you, and there's people sitting next to you will tell you that if you live for his pleasure, you're going to have more joy than you've ever had. Because God, what he does, he takes your heart of sto stone when you become a believer, a born again. Why do we call it born again? Because God takes your heart of stone that cares about me. What about me? What about my security? What about my insurance? What about my life? What about my happiness? What about this? To give you a heart of flesh that cares about, hey, I love people. I care for people. I want to I help people. That 
that doesn't happen on your own. That's why you can't, your New Year resolution cannot be, I'm going to be better next year. I'm going to treat people nicer. I'm going to help. You can't do it on your own. You can fake it for a month or two, but you can't. You need that heart of flesh that only Jesus can give to you when you surrender your life to him. It is by faith. Bring that knowledge from here and put it here. Bring it to your heart and see how much joy you can have. Because God want to give you a new heart, want to bless you, want to do new things in your life. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, even in the other campuses, please? Stephen Point and Appleton. Pray this prayer. If you don't know him, today you can ask him to come into your life. Say, Lord, come into my life. Change my heart. Take my heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh. Help me believe in you by faith. Lord, I don't understand, but by faith I believe that you died for me, that you rose from the dead, that I can have life, that it is by grace through faith I've been saved, not of my own works, lest I boast and brag about it. It is a gift from God. And also I pray, Lord, for those who know you, that today will be the shift in their thinking from living for themselves to living for you and, and, and doing everything to please you, Lord, by being obedient to you, by being faithful to you. And Lord, I know you will reward them back. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer as a new will, let someone know. And also, if you're a believer and you don't follow me on social media, you're not going to make it to heaven. <laughs> That's biblical. My name is Nazareth. It's under comedian Nazareth. Pinky, promise you will follow me? Come on, anybody? We're Christians. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.